Good morning, everybody. Did y'all notice the cool dad had the UK hat on? My name is Ashley Shive, and I am not a pastor here. Good morning and happy Father's Day. My name is Sherry Legg, and I am not a pastor here either. So I bet you were wondering, well, then why are you up there? I've been asking myself that all week. Why am I doing this? Well, ladies, we're going to try something a little different. Today is the day to celebrate men. Let me ask you a question. What is your idea of the perfect man? Um, <clears throat> oh, what is your idea of the perfect oh, man? Oh, you mean me? Yes. Sorry, I thought you were talking to them. Okay, so perfect man. Well, when I was younger, he would have been an army soldier in dress blues, about six four, light eyes, and he loved to dance. What about you? Blonde hair, blue eyes, and he was, oh, and he's 6'2", and he was going to take me out of Florida to the mountains in a log cabin that he built with his own hands. Yeah, how'd that work out for you? He's 6'2". Well, it worked out about as well as it worked out for you. That's true. But I'm glad that God gave me what I needed instead of what I thought I wanted. You know, a log cabin, though, would be nice in the mountains. I agree. I don't like this weather. But that is true for when we were younger, when we had absolutely no idea what a real man was. Now I have a very different picture of the perfect man. Now I would say the perfect man is a man of integrity, sold out for God. Someone who is strong and confident through Christ. Yeah, I would agree. My perspective has changed from one of physical appearance to his character on the inside. The best things about Brian aren't his looks, although, let me just say, he is mighty handsome. Anyway, it's his heart. His love for God and his willingness to serve unselfishly, that's what makes him irresistible. You know, it reminds me of a survey in 2013 that 60 Minutes and Vanity Fair did where they asked 1,100 women, what are the characteristics that you most desire in a man? And the heartbreaking part wasn't what they picked, it was what they said wasn't important. Good character and honesty were not important in the perfect man. It's just tragic. It's amazing because men and women today, even girls and boys, are assaulted by the media through music, TV, magazines, movies, to seek and value superficial things. They seek for wealth, physical perfection, social status, things that are completely unrealistic and unfulfilling. They want power. They want independence from God. Yes, we definitely have a dilemma in our society. We, men and women, are not fulfilling the biblical roles that God has designed us for. Men are not being the leaders in the homes or in the church. And women, we are not submitting to their godly leadership. Churches have been trying to address this for years by challenging men, especially on Father's Day, but it doesn't seem to be working. Kind of reminds me when I was growing up, my dad would always say he didn't like to go to church on Mother's Day because he heard 
you're a bad husband. And he didn't like to go on Father's Day because then he heard, you're a bad dad too. Neither of which are or were true. He does a great job at both. So today, we would like to try a different approach. Ladies, today, instead of focusing on the men, we want to talk to you about the responsibilities God has for you. Let me first give you a little bit of background. About six months ago, I was reading in the Old Testament when Moses was getting ready to die, and he was praying over the tribes. He prayed over them specifically. The Lord impressed on me that that's the way I need to be praying over my husband and my children. I needed to stop going through life on cruise control and letting life pass me by with little thought or effort to the hows and whys of my daily life and the lives of the ones that I loved. I needed to start being proactive instead of reactive. I was allowing my circumstances to control my actions instead of praying and allowing the Holy Spirit to direct my footsteps. I also knew that Brian needed to change because he was the problem, right? So I bought a book, 31 Days to Build a Better Spouse. (laughs) I know, I know, but that's where I was at at the time. So after I finished the 31 Days book, oddly enough, he had not changed. So I started to read it again, and I said, I'm going to read this until he changes. Well, about 40 days into this journey, I realized I was now praying more out of really wanting him to see him become all that God wanted him to be, not what I thought he should be. Hmm. I was praying for him to change, and it was actually my heart towards him that was changing. I also felt the Lord at that time wanted me to step it up a little by praying scriptures over my family. About that same time, I met with a friend, and she suggested another book, Praying God's Word for Your Husband. So that night, I bought it, and I started reading it the next morning. So now my quiet time consisted of following the 31 days book in order because I need routine. Yes, you do. Sorry. And then asking the Lord which chapter in the scriptures book he wanted me to pray over Brian. So about five weeks ago, I was doing my quiet time, and I started, oddly enough, with the Praying Scriptures book, and the chapter was titled, His Mind. The book is, both books are kind of laid out with like a mini lesson, um, an explanation, a little bit of background about why she's writing it, and then it's followed by the prayers in the scriptures. It was talking about how on Mother's Day, we dote on women, and then on Father's Day, We tell them they need to step it up, kind of like what my dad remembers. So I got to thinking about this Father's Day, and I thought, I should probably do something. But then I thought, nah, that's just flesh. That's just me. So I just dismissed it. So then I went to the other book, The 31 Days, and guess what the chapter was about? His mind. Same scriptures, same message. I knew immediately I had to do something. So I went to the pastors and told them I had to do something, but I didn't know what, so I needed them to pray about it. So they, in all their wisdom, (laughs) said, Wonderful! You can speak on Father's Day! 
I said, obviously you didn't hear me. I didn't say speak. I need to do something. Not that big. So, not being one to um, do this by myself, mm-hmm. I roped Ashley in to speak with me. Thank you. She's very thankful. But she's been on much of the same journey as I have been, so I knew she wouldn't mind. All that to say, men, we are here to encourage you and to let you know that we as the women of TBA Church are here to support you, pray for you, and to give you the honor and respect that you deserve. Encouragement is defined as an expression of support or approval, or is words or actions that assist or inspire someone or something. The Bible tells us to encourage one another. In Proverbs 12, verse 23, anxiety, it says, anxiety in a man's heart weighs him down, but a good word makes him glad. So what exactly is making men discouraged? Did you know that there is spiritual war going on all around us? all the time. Satan is attacking the men of TBA. He uses work, media, TV, movies, and ladies. He even uses us to attack our men. Author Kevin Adams put it best, I think, this way. After 15 years, I can say with absolute assurance that nothing on earth can encourage me like the encouragement of my wife. And nothing can injure me like her shame. By design, she has great influence in my life. If she is close to God, that influence becomes an extension of his hand. But if she is operating from pain or some other contingency, that influence can become a weapon of the enemy. See, Satan uses fear, fatigue, frustration, and failure to leave us all feeling alone, overwhelmed, and discouraged. Discouragement, however it is caused, makes us lose perspective. When we're discouraged, we feel beat down, hopeless, like giving up. During those times, emotions run high, tempers flare, sometimes for no apparent reason. This is Satan's plan. If he can get our men to feel discouraged, they'll give up. They'll start to doubt themselves. And much worse, they'll start to doubt God. We cannot let this happen. We must not let that happen. While we can't solve all of their problems, we can help. One way we can help is by understanding what God says about how men and women relate. Now, Stay with me, ladies, because this tends to not be very popular. When God created men and women, they were in perfect harmony with each other. Woman was created as a companion and a helper to man. However, when sin entered the world, a curse was placed on this relationship until Christ's return. In Genesis 3.16, the Lord said to Eve, I will sharpen the pain of your pregnancy and in pain you will give birth, and you will desire to control your husband, but he will rule over you. Thus begins the power struggle, the great battle of the sexes. 
This was not God's plan, but a result of our sin. God created men and women as partners, equal through mutual submission to each other. He further explains this relationship in Ephesians 5, starting in verse 21. And further, submit to one another out of reverence for Christ. For wives, this means submit to your husbands as to the Lord. For a husband is the head of his wife, as Christ is the head of the church. He is the Savior of his body, the church. As the church submits to Christ, so you wives should submit to your husbands in everything. Submission is defined as surrendering to the authority of another. Biblical submission is a willing surrender out of respect. Willing, not grumbling. We submit to our husbands, not because they deserve it, but because God deserves it. Jesus provides an example of this for us. He was God, but he submitted himself to the authority of the Father, even to the point of death. God's plan was for men to be the head of the family. However, if we usurp that authority from them, we cause problems. If women step in and take the lead, men can't. They can't fulfill the purpose that God gave them. This leaves them feeling inadequate, devalued, and it opens the door to Satan for him to use those feelings to create separation from you and from God. We have the power to stop this cycle. We have the armor and the weapons of God on our side. We simply must choose to wield them. We must strike back at Satan, dispelling the lies of power and control and demonstrating the beauty of humility and submission. It has nothing, nothing to do with equality. God created us both. He loves us both equally. He did, however, give us each character traits and responsibilities that we must honor. And men, you need to step up and take the lead. Women want that. This structure was God-ordained and has nothing, nothing to do with power. It has to do with honor and respect for our Creator. Ladies, when God created men, He placed within them natural drives to work and achieve, to protect and provide, to lead and to advise, to be a lover and a partner. To truly encourage our men, we must show respect in these areas. Ephesians 5.33 tells us, Each man must love his wife as he loves himself, and the wife must respect her husband. Love and respect. You see, women, we spell love L-O-V-E. Men spell love R-E-S-P-E-C-T. R-E-S-P-E-C-T. Ironically, that song was not written by Aretha Franklin. It was written by Otis Redding, a man crying out for respect in his relationships. This is what speaks to their soul because God put those drives in them. He created them that way. 
It's why it's expressed that way in Ephesians, and it's why it will help us to have successful relationships with men. So what does that look like? Ladies, you need to tell your men that you value their work efforts. Show them that you are their helpmate and counterpart. Listen to him talk about work. Really listen. Do not put down or insult their job or how much they make. Praise his commitment to provide for and to protect you. Disagree with him only in private. Which reminds me, ladies, who do you talk to most about your husband? Is it God or is it your girlfriends? Thank him for his leadership. Thank him for his counsel. Recognize that his problem-solving, fix-it, three-step approach is actually the male brand of empathy. Even if it frustrates you. (laughs) Tell him you actually like him. Allow him time alone or with other men. It really energizes him. And speaking of that, have you told him that you will do whatever it takes for him to attend the men's retreat in October? Mm. And ladies, never, ever use sex as a manipulation. Submission and respect take humility, and they take a lot of prayer, and reliance on the Holy Spirit. Intercessory prayer is where we place ourselves between God and the men that we're praying for. We intercede on their behalf for God's will to be done in their lives, and we should be doing that every day. Paul gives us a wonderful example of this in Colossians. We can use his prayer as a model for how to pray for the men in our lives. And this is all men, not just husbands. All men get discouraged. Here's what Paul says. We have not stopped praying for you since the first day we heard about you. In fact, we always pray that God will show you everything he wants you to do and that you may have all wisdom and understanding that his spirit gives. Then you will live a life that honors the Lord, and you will always please him by doing good deeds. You will come to know God even better. His glorious power will make you patient and strong enough to endure anything, and you will be truly happy. I pray that you will be grateful to God for letting you have part in what he has promised his people in the kingdom of light. Ladies, we need to pray that God shows these men what his will is for their lives. Pray that the Holy Spirit gives them wisdom and understanding to face life's challenges. Pray that they will live a life that honors God. Pray that they will grow to know God better every day. Pray that God will give them patience and endurance. Pray that God will give them joy. Pray that they are thankful to God for all things. And ladies, thank God for the men in your life. Praying for Brian has not changed him as much as it has changed me. Praying for him has helped me to have more unconditional love for him than I have ever had. It has changed my attitude towards him. I'm able to take a step back and look at things for what they really are, not what I think he said 
or what I felt like he might be wanting to say to me. I take what he said and judge it by the intent of his heart, and his intent is to never hurt me. He loves me. Does that happen all the time? Of course it doesn't. It's a journey. Praying for Dave has opened up, sorry, has blessed our marriage and our family. It has opened up the lines of communication because I need to know what to pray for. So I ask. I ask Dave, I ask Alex all about school and work and life, and then I take those things to the Lord. And through this, as time has progressed, I have been blessed to see prayers answered and my men encouraged. I have to confess that two weeks ago I was too lazy and too exhausted to get out of bed and pray and have my quiet time, so I just prayed on the go. I prayed for things as I thought about them, if I thought about them. That was a terrible week. Everything Brian did or didn't do drove me crazy, and I know it's because I wasn't praying for him. My attitude was not Christ-like. I did not have the peace and joy that praying for my husband brings me. I can't wait to support Brian when he's only doing what I think he should do or what I want him to do. My support is not a reward for him doing a good job. It is required as an act of love, no matter the circumstances. When Brian knows I'm praying for him, it brings him encouragement. When he comes home from a hard day at work and feels beat down by complaints and frustrations and I'm able to put my stuff aside and listen, really listen, it brings him encouragement. When I send him a text that lets him know I'm thinking about him or praying for him, it brings him encouragement. When I offer Brian my full attention, even though my children are trying to demand my time, it brings him encouragement. And speaking of children... Are you teaching your kids to respect, honor, encourage, and support their dad? It's easy for us ladies to take charge of the parenting role. Most of the time, we are the primary caregiver. But our children need to see that their mom and dad are a parenting team. Trust me, they are smart enough to know when you are not together on something, and they will hit up the weakest link. Brian and I approach parenting from different perspectives, but neither is wrong. They're just different. But I want to teach my children to respect their father through my honoring of him as my partner in parenting. Understanding this has inspired me to teach my girls about the blessings of praying for their dad. I want them to grow up seeing Christ's love poured out on him. I want them to learn how to intercede for others on their behalf. So therefore, I'm trying my best, with God's help, to model this for them. I've even started praying for the husbands that my girls will someday marry. I know it's early, but it will be here before I am ready, and I am not leaving things to chance. Men, today we thank God for you. We thank you, and we honor you for being our providers and our protectors. Thank you for all the advice and all the solutions that you offer us, even when we don't ask. You know, Sherry and I know that us standing up here and saying encouraging things probably doesn't mean that much to you. What you want to hear is encouragement from the women in your life. So we ask them. We ask them to give us words that describe you. And here is what they said. 
strength, intelligent, supporter, teacher, playmate, example, lover, friend, confidant, honor, kindness, provider, leader, silly, compassionate, unselfish, godly, humble. Last Sunday, we asked the women and children of TBA to commit to praying for you, their dads, husbands, uncles, brothers, sons, pastors, and friends. For this week leading up to Father's Day, when and where they prayed was totally up to them, but we did ask that they would pray encouraging words over you. All those that were able signed up on a prayer scroll to demonstrate this commitment. Today, we want to present the scroll to you, and we pray that as you see the many names that are on it, it encourages, to, encourages you to know that you have been and still are being prayed over. We would also like to challenge you, ladies, to pray for at least the next 31 days. We're going to provide you with some websites that you can use to help you remember. And for those that are like me that feel like your prayers are lacking, it will also give you some specific things you can pray. This first one is the one where I started. Actually, then I got the book. Um, But you sign up and it will send you an email every day of things that you can pray with scriptures. This next one is actually a PDF file that you can download and print. Um, So if you want something in hand. And finally, the last one is another resource where you can sign up to pray and they will send you a daily email as well. It doesn't matter what you do. The important thing is that you do something. Also, I wanted to show you the two books that I've been using if you would like to have something that you can continue. I've heard it said that it takes 21 days to form a new habit. I'm hoping and praying that by doing this, your eyes will be open to what God can do in and through you. You will see what a blessing it is to support and encourage your husband in this way. Ladies, as you begin your prayer journey, remember there is no set time or set way to pray. Just pray. You can pray standing up. You can pray lying down. You can pray in your car, in the shower, at your office at work. On my prayer journey, I had a friend recommend that I start praying on my knees in humble submission to, before God. The Holy Spirit had revealed to her, and she wanted to share it with me. I've been praying that way since April, and it is very powerful. So today, men, we would like to pray over you in that same way. After we pray, ladies, I want to invite you, if you would like, to come forward during the song and pray over the men in your life. Does not have to be a husband. You do not need to be married. We need to pray for all men. We need to pray encouragement for our brothers, uncles, grandfathers, sons, friends, dads, pastors, and husbands. If you need someone to pray with, we will be up front as we ask to any women on the prayer team. Let's pray.
Dear Heavenly Father, we humbly kneel before you. We know that women have been a part of the pain for these men. We confess we have failed to submit to their godly authority as the leaders of our homes and our church. You created us to be helpmates, encouragers, and nurturers, yet we failed to do that as you commanded. God, we ask you to forgive us for any harm we may have caused. We pray that you allow us to represent any woman that has damaged the hearts of any of these men today. Soften their hearts, Father, so they may find forgiveness. Give us clean hands and pure hearts so that we may encourage, support, honor, and respect the men in our lives and in this church as you have called us to do. May your Holy Spirit flow through this room and bring healing. Lord, we pray for your protection over their minds, empowerment over the enemy that seeks only to steal, kill, and destroy. We pray these men will experience your presence. We pray that they realize how much they are loved by a perfect Father. Reveal to them your perfect truth and cast out all their fear. When they are exploding with joy, let them know you are there. When they are suffering or hurting, let them know you are there. When they open their eyes each morning and close their eyes each evening, God, you are there. Give them wisdom and courage to get their priorities in order so that they can find true contentment. And finally, Lord, we pray for true joy, that they would walk in true joy, Father, knowing that you are in control of all the details of their lives, that everything is going to be all right. And, Father, that they choose to praise you no matter the circumstances. Father, we ask all these things in your Son's precious name. Amen.